Welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Haim Roche, bringing you another inspirational message designed to help you focus on the greatness that's within you. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing with Anchor. I found that I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Now, with this, the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or I might need to do it in my car. So I'm able to use record on my cell phone. I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer. So for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome to the team. mindset that we've been dealing with now is dealing with freedom. And so again, the question still comes to play is what do we do after freedom? And we've been having this beautiful long conversation dealing with this context because I believe that this is in the season and the time frame of where we are. And so tonight we are going to be having a wonderful conversation with a very, very wonderful um, young lady and woman of God, I would say, um, Miss Latina. Tasha Sherman. And so I want everyone in this feed, everyone that's watching, please give a hand. Please put some hearts, put some love out there for my sister and my friend, Latasha Sherman. How you doing, girl? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing yeah, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. I told you, you, you make me a little oh, bit nervous on this one. Um, but I'm excited and, and I'm excited about this conversation. I know for sure that what we're going to be talking about today is going to help so many people, mm. um, broader than I believe that what we can think of. And so before we dive in, what I want you to do is introduce yourself to the people so that they can know a little bit about you. And then we'll dive into this combo. Time to call me. Can you hear me still? There we go. Yes, you're good to go. (laughs) Okay. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Latasha Sherman. Most of you know me that I saw online. Shout out to my cousin, Joanne, who is tuned in all the way from Baltimore, Maryland. It is so, so good to see you. Thank you. Um, Vinay, my sister, my friend um, that I serve with every week is also here. So everyone else who's watching, that's all the people I was able to see before I jumped on. Um, I love you guys. Um, I am... Uh, was first Hiram's little sister. So uh, we grew up in the same ministry, in the same church. Um, He was my youth pastor. 
Um, and before that, he was this crazy older wild child. And so I've really gotten to see God work in his life and to see you come full circle to the point where you are now. I am I am honestly just blown away and it, and it, it gives me great joy to have been a part of the journey. Um, <laughs> other than that, I am a, a, I am a nationally certified counselor. I received my master's in clinical mental health counseling. Um, just finished that up and I'm going through the process of becoming a licensed professional counselor. So that is why Hiram pulled me into this, um, this moment because I do really have a heart for mental health and our, our drive and push towards being at an optimal level. Yes. So as you can see, the reason, as she even said, it is um, that we're going to our, that I invited her is because I believe that she can bring something very um, powerful to the table in this conversation that we're going to have on tonight. Um, so tonight's conversational piece we're going to be dealing with is mental freedom. Um, I want somebody to do me a favor and put that into the comment section, one, so I can make sure that y'all paying attention, um, and two, so we can make sure that we're all on the same page. Our conversation on today is we're going to deal with mental freedom. Now, I know up front, um, we're just going to go ahead and just throw it out there that this is not a very... Uh, much topic of conversation that I would say this is not something that a lot of people want to talk about or a lot of people want to dig in in. Um, but what I realize and understand is that the reality is, is that we can be physically free and still be mentally bound. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to make sure that through this conversation that people are able to gain what they need um, versus making making excuses of why people are still in the same scenario and situation. Um, so before we, we dive in, I, I remember, as we talked about before, building up to this conversation on the night, I remember that there was a story that our bishop used to always use and tell. Um, and I'm going to try not to butcher this story oh, um, as much as possible. But there was a story that he told, and I believe it was about an African elephant. Um, they had these uh, people have basically gained or got this African elephant and they used to keep this elephant chained with this mindset. The elephant can only do three steps forward and three steps back over time. Um, this elephant got used to this context of only being able to move three steps forward and three steps back. Eventually, they move this elephant into a more broader area where he can be able to roam and be able to feel free as normal elephants would. And when they brought this elephant into this area, the elephant only still can move three steps forward and three steps back. And eventually, because the elephant would not roam and would not do the things that you think a free elephant would, eventually this elephant was basically starved itself, um, if I remember correctly, starved itself to death. Um, and so the mindset for me is the same. I believe that there's times um, in people and situations of where we all find ourselves in those same scenarios where we have been bound so long that even though we're not in the relationship, even though we're not in that position, even though we're not in that place, we are still bound in our mental portion where we are still functioning as if we're still in the same thing. Um, and so that's kind of where, where we're going to dig in tonight in this beautiful conversation. Um, and so let's go. Uh, I don't want to waste any more of this beautiful time. So. Um, 
Tosh, what I want to be able to start with is this posture of, in reference to when we're talking about mental freedom, one, what does that really look like for somebody? Uh, we can use whatever uh, analogy or category you want to put that in, if it's relational or whatever, but what does mental freedom really look like for somebody? Mm, okay. Well, I think when we use the word mental freedom, it's important that we make it synonymous with mental health. And to be free is to be healthy. To be physically free is to be healthy. To be spiritually free is to be healthy. And so a lot of times we will discard the importance of mental health. And a lot of us don't really have a, a vantage point for what mental health really looks like. And in order to achieve that, we have to take a look at what mental illness looks like. Mm. And what we'll find is that there are all of these different definitions at play. These are definitions that people have observed over television or someone in their life has come along. And when I ask somebody, what does it mean to be mentally ill? Most people think automatically uh, insane asylum or bipolar disorder or schizophrenia disorder or any of these terms and topics that we hear popping up. But I, I would venture to say that each of us has had a bout of mental illness. Each of us deals with some sort of mental illness on a daily basis um, mm -hmm. or, or throughout the, the span of our lives. And so when I think about people being mentally healthy and what freedom looks like, it, first of all, we have to understand what we're talking about. Right. Um, right. So when you say you, you gave the analogy of the elephant and the elephant being bound and how he, he didn't have that freedom, even though that freedom was around him, the reason why he didn't have that freedom was because he didn't know that he was bound. He didn't know what he was dealing with. He didn't know that wow. there was more out there. And so from a very basic standpoint, there needs to be a definition of what it means to be mentally healthy. Mm -hmm. And okay. the way that I would define that or the way that I would try to illuminate that for people is to think about their physical bodies. So we have learned all of our lives that we are trying beings. We are spirit, soul, and body, right? We mm -hmm. are these three things working together. And most of the time our body is kind of following what our soul does. And if we pray really hard, our spirit can take command. If <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> right. But right. even in that, I would venture to say that we put more emphasis on our body being healthy. And those of us who are saved, we put a lot of emphasis mm. on our spirit being healthy. And then we just expect the mind to follow. We just expect our mental to follow. And so when I look at the word healthy and, and you think about your body, there are moments where we've all been ill, right? You've mm. been sick, you catch a cold, Right, you right. fall, you break your leg, something happens, right? Those are situational illnesses or episodic illnesses. Mm -hmm. um, and when you when you have those illnesses, what do we do? We we treat them. Right. We treat them. We take the time to address what has happened to us in that moment. And I think it's so funny how you can live your whole life and you can eat pizza every Friday night and you can snack on chips all through the week, but the minute you get the sniffles. And the minute you get the cold, your body just automatically knows, like, I need some soup and I want right. some orange juice and I want, right? Your body kicks in and tells you, I need to make some changes to address what's happening in my body right now. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay, mm -hmm. so then you, you do that. You make those changes and then we get over the flu and you go back to work and all is well and right with the world.
Okay. Then you have chronic illnesses. You have chronic physical illnesses. Um, something chronic is diabetes, high blood pressure, um, COPD, any of those type of things. And that requires us to make long-term life changes, right? Mm -hmm. So people with diabetes, they can't eat everything all the right. time. They right. have to make these changes. They have to check their sugar. They have to monitor their, their sugar levels. They have to check in with their doctor consistently mm -hmm. because they know that this is going to be a consistent change that I need to make in order to stay as healthy as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, the same thing happens. Right. We have moments as, as spiritual beings where we feel ill. We feel like I'm not hearing from God. He feels very far away from me. Mm -hmm. It feels like mm -hmm. I can't access that level of relationship that I have with Christ. And that makes us feel sick. It makes us feel dead inside. And so what do we do to address that? Many of us go back to church if we haven't been going. We get in the word. We go find somebody, some spiritual leader to help us to address what's going on. Right. You, you, you spend more time in worship. Then we have those moments, those of us who have dealt with chronic spiritual illnesses, things like um, addictions to pornography or addictions to other women, fornication. Those people know that they have to make life changes. So you may not be able to watch every movie. You may right. not be able to, to go see everything and touch everything and do everything. These are life changes you have to make for a chronic spiritual illness that you have. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. we completely disregard that <laughs> same principle when it comes to mental health. <laughs> I, I, mm -hmm. I just think with mental health, you have, you have episodic moments. We all have been through bouts of depression. We have right. been through, gosh, feeling overwhelmed, feeling panicked, feeling paranoid. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times mm -hmm. what we do is we shove it down and we try to find some some level of functionality just to keep going and we never address the issue. Right. Right. And if we continue to do that in the same way that if you ignore a wound, it will fester and it will get infected. That's what's happening to our mental health. And so a lot of people are at a point now in the middle of a pandemic where we are isolated and we are we are so by ourselves where they're feeling like Something just happened and I snapped. I'm sadder than I've ever been. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm bound. I don't know what to do. I feel like I can't see tomorrow. I want to give up. And the truth is, this is not episodic. You just didn't deal with the wounds mentally that you had from way back when. And they've festered and they've gotten infected. And so now it's time to figure out what we do to, to fix those things. Well, I believe, I, I, one, I want to tell you that one that was gorgeous analogy of connecting those pieces um, because I think sometimes we don't look at the mental aspect in the same way we look at the, the, the physical health. We don't look at the mental aspect the same way we look at the spiritual health. Mm -hmm. We look at, we look at for whatever reason, we disconnect the mental aspect from everything else as if it's single, as if it doesn't go through the same forms of everything else in our lives. Right. Um, and then for a person speaking from a personal experience, um, uh, sometimes we also spiritualize it. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we make it so spiritual that the only reason we're in there is because of the enemy or, you know, we, we, we over, we over spiritualize it in that aspect to make it where it's just this, 
but there's also some physical aspects that we have to be able to deal with. Exactly. Um, so the question that I actually wanted to be able to also add in is this, just like you said with the physical, if we get cut, we have a bruise, we have some form of injury, one, we're able to identify that that is a problem. Mm -hmm. So because we see that, that's how we're able to now fix that. Spiritually, in the same forum, we actually are able to identify, okay, this is an issue right here in my spiritual walk that I need to be able to deal with. So the question for me is, is how do people or how can we recognize the mental scar mm -hmm. that we need to be able to deal with um, so that we can be able to get this mental healing yeah. that people are looking for or running away from? Uh, at the same time, I'll say it that way. Yeah, no, I get that. Well, first I want to say to the spiritual aspect of how we over-spiritualize or we, we use our spirituality to discount the importance and the intentionality of mental health. Um, because mm -hmm. as a community and as individuals, we can have two very different viewpoints. I, as mm -hmm. an individual, value mental health. However, right. the two communities that I most closely ascribe to, the, the spiritual and faith-based community, as well as the African-American community, statistically completely just don't really pay attention to um, mental health from a clinical and psychological standpoint. So yeah. it's important to know that there's a block there. Yeah. There's a block in the support that you receive in achieving mental health um, when it doesn't come from the church or mm -hmm. it doesn't come from, or it comes from a doctor. Right. Um, there's right. a lot of cultural and cultural influences and kind of like systematic oppressive influences under there, but that's a whole nother con conversation. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> when it comes to how to address, it's very, very, very simple. It's very simple. And how do you know when you're going through a system, uh, uh, when you need mental health care mm -hmm. is, does it hurt? Mm. Does it hurt? How do you know when you need physical help? It hurts. There's a pain there. There's yeah. a discomfort. You've pulled a muscle. You've mm -hmm. scraped your knee. There's a, there's a pain and there's a discomfort there. But what yeah. happens is people think that seeking help is somehow degrading their ability to function in the world. And I, I think of when we talk about spirituality, if we go all the way back to the beginning, mm -hmm. <laughs> the reason why we are in this the state that we are in in this fallen sin-filled world is because of the fall of man. Right. And yeah. if man fell, that means that his spirit, his soul and his body all fell. And so we are all living this life where we are in a state of dying. We are in a state you are living until you die. Right. And so we know that about our bodies. We know that as we get older things break down, things hurt that didn't hurt before. The same thing is happening to our minds. Mm -hmm. So what do we do physically to stop that, to slow down that process? We watch what we eat mm -hmm. and we exercise and we take multivitamins and we do all of these things to slow down that process. That is what we need to be doing for our mental health. It is not something that you do just because it's something that you maintain. Right. Mental health is something that you are intentional about on a day to day basis. And the first thing that that requires is self-awareness. You have to be aware of where you are. OK, so I want to continue to dig this um, mm -hmm. as you are on. Uh, please make sure that you are liking this, that you are, are sh get throwing some hearts out there, some love out there, um, as well as make sure that you are sharing. I want to dive a little bit deeper because what um, 
Okay, so we're going to just throw myself in there. Mm. Um, as a person that has dealt with this context of conversation that we're talking about, why do the majority of people want to run from it versus face it? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll say for, for, for me, when I knew that I was going through my scenario and situation, I ran from the context versus trying to actually deal with it. Um, so that's that's one question that I want to pose. Um, but then also backing off of that is for me, I ran from the problem because I didn't want to deal with the problem itself. But then I think it was vitally important for me and I and I know for other people is is the other thought was who do you run to? Mm-hmm. So we have a scenario, a combination of scenario. I'm running from dealing with this mental aspect of the problem that I'm being dealing with. Um, but and now it's gotten to a point where it's overwhelming me and I can't control this scenario or situation that I'm going through mentally. But then the other piece is who do you run to? So I want to kind of deal with both of those and we'll continue to dig since I'm out here now. Yeah, you out here. You're out here. <laughs> well, I think one of the reasons that we run from the idea of getting help or even acknowledging that we are broken mm-hmm. is because we turn around and see ourselves. We don't want to look in the mirror because maybe I'm the one who broke me. And there's something insufficient. We have a feeling that there's something insufficient about me. That if I, if I admit that I'm in this broken place, I don't want to admit it to myself. We're afraid to not be whole mentally. We're mm-hmm. afraid to admit that not just to other people, but to ourselves. Because at the end of the day, you go home to right. yourself. Right. You are in your thoughts. You are in your head. And so physically we can admit it because typically we can there's an external blame that we can put oh i fell or you know it runs in my family or Mm -hmm. there's something Mm -hmm. else going on that has caused me to hurt in this way yeah even spiritually the devil you know we blame everything on the devil it's just the enemy (laughs) it's the enemy but when when you have to look at you that is we don't want to do it That's one thing. The second thing is sometimes there is trauma involved that is so deep. And like I said, when you don't when you don't address things at a small level and Mm -hmm. they continue to build up, um, I I, I'm reminded of a trip that we took to Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And um, for those of you that don't know, my brother is also um, a a missionary in these streets. (laughs) So he's been on a few tours with us and in that on on a particular trip I got stuck with the the healthcare team and I am not that person I'd rather be with the kids but right. I got stuck with the healthcare team and I got pulled into this room and this man's foot was like rotting off it was mm. completely rotting off and he had put several socks on top of his foot and when he came in he said, can you look at my foot? And as we pulled back those layers, we saw that his foot was like infected down to the bone, but he hadn't mm. looked at it. He hadn't seen it in months wow. because he knew it was bad, but he just didn't want to see how bad it was because mm. he knew that he should have done something sooner. But since he didn't do something sooner, he didn't want to address how bad it had gotten. And that's a lot of us mentally. We don't want to look at how bad it's gotten. 
because we're afraid there won't be a cure. But that's where your faith comes in because there's, there is a cure. There is always a cure. And whether it be by miracle or by medicine, you can get help. So Mm. I think that's, that's one reason why we, we avoid going to that place. Yeah. So I, I hesitate to really go into how do you get well because it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's different mm-hmm. for everybody. It's it's one of those things where you may go to the doctor and if something's wrong with your heart, you're going to go see a cardiologist. Yeah. If something is wrong with, with your skin, you're going to see a dermatologist. There are specialists. It's the same in clinical mental health. And so that's why I say it's very important to to understand where you are. That's the first step. How do you do that? The same way you would physically or spiritually, first thing you need to do is consult the doctor. Mm. That's the first thing you need to do. You need to make an appointment because you may not know where you are. And that's what mental health, that's what we're here for, is to help you locate you. Now, there are some people who feel like God is all I need. And that's great because he's the great physician. Mm -hmm. But what you got (laughs) to do is you got to go to him to say, this is where I'm at and allow him to show you you. But a lot of times, even spiritually, we run from that. Right. I want I want to throw something in as a as a back for that statement um, in reference to the God is all that we need. Mm. Um, and now I, I'm, I'm preferencing this because I know we have a we have a combination of different people on here. Some people that know me, some people that don't know me, um, some people that will listen to me later on that might be like, wait a minute. I, I love the Lord deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 that's literally all I, I mean, I can eat, breathe and go conversation with that. But um, I, I do believe that there is also a pragmatic piece that God gave unto us to be able to take advantage of this piece. I believe that God, yes, God is all that we need, but God also gave us help. And I think sometimes what we do is, again, we dive so much into this aspect is that God is all that we need. And we don't realize the mindset or the context of God gave you help. Um, you know, we, we, we take the help when it's our when it's our spouse. Mm-hmm. We take the help when it's our pastor, but we don't want to take the help when it's somebody else. And so it's it's just it's, it's one of those things. And I know this statement that I'm about to make, surely for some Christians, um, surely for our beautiful African-American community, this is almost like a cuss word, but therapy is not bad. Um, it, it, you know, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> um, it's not a bad thing, but it's something that, again, we, we, we shun from um, to be able to use this context of, no, um, God can help me through it. And, and I think sometimes we have to just really realize, yes, he can. And, and some of the reasons why way he can is through this context of being able to sit with someone and them being able to help you out mentally. Um, so I do want to, ah, God, Tasha. All right. So I do want to do, do, do this because one of the things what I want to do is just for the people, certain people that are, or a group of people will use this because I want to give somebody at least the category of mindset to be able to say, okay, if I'm in this scenario or I might be in this situation, then I'm, I can be able to get the type of, I know what type of help I might need to go get, or I need, or what boundaries I need to set for my life mm-hmm. mentally. 
um, so that I don't find myself breaking down mentally. So I don't find myself doing something outrageous because I didn't take care of my mind mentally and now I'm infected mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, and, I, and I'm worse in a worse position and situation. So one of the things I want to deal with, and, and I mentioned one of these in our last, my last conversation on focus on, on the podcast, this mindset of abandonment. Mm. I know a lot of people deal with this context. Um, and so for a scenario, if I am uh, just, I'll just use myself. I, I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a male now about in this beautiful 30s. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put my full name, uh, age out there, but my beautiful 30s. And just use me as a scenario of where I've been, um, I've had abandonment issues since a child, either because um, either relational wise for whatever reason, or just, um, I just had a lot of different breakups or situations, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. What context would you be able to give me one as a help to what I would need to do or sit down, you know, mentally, but then also again, the boundaries that I need to be able to put in my life so that I don't fall into those other situations that go with that bondage or that peace. Okay. That was a loaded question. That was a loaded, loaded question. So I want I'm to sorry. make sure that I, I understand. So we're taking a look at the comment that I made about understanding where you are and mm -hmm. looking at abandonment. I think it's so beautiful that you use that because I've really been looking at abandonment through the context of this quarantine. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's affecting so many people. Mm -hmm. And what I found was Jesus was quarantined. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. But in, in Matthew chapter four, it speaks of a self quarantine where it talks about mm -hmm. how after Jesus was dealing with disciples and doing all of that, he says he went away. Mm -hmm. He went away to be a part. He went up into a mountain. That's a quarantine. What right. we're having to do right now is to be away from people. And a lot of people are feeling that abandonment because they're not getting the, the interaction with people, the physical contact. They're not getting the word at the rate that they were getting it. And when I think about Jesus and how he was in this mountain quarantine with the Lord and fasting, what the disciples must have felt like. Mm. That mm. This, this God, this, this prophet that had been with them so close all this time, had to take some time and go away. Yeah. And we don't know if he explained fully to them, this is where I'm going. This right. is what I'm doing. And so I think about John, who the Bible speaks about how the love between him and Jesus was just so strong. What mm -hmm. that time felt like, 40 days, where are you at? You know, <laughs> if, if we think about somebody that we're very close to, if they just disappear for 40 days, what that might feel like. Right, so right. you have the disciples dealing with abandonment. You have Jesus quarantined. And then you think about the process that he went through. So it says after 40 days after he had fasted, the devil came to tempt him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he tempted him with, with, with the first thing that he was missing, his, his sustenance, his bread, things that right. he had not gotten. So when I think about abandonment and how we know when we need help, my first thing is, does it hurt? Mm. And most of the time, the answer is yes, there's something in you that hurts. There are tears that you can't explain. Um, there are adaptations that you do 
for instance, a lot of people with abandonment issues lash out. They become angry with people for doing minute and small things in the same way that if I had, I, I'm an ex-athlete, I, I fractured my ankle. And so sometimes if I am dancing too hard on the stage as a worship leader, my ankle hurts. And so I have to overcompensate. Right. But right. a lot of people do that mentally. So when he says, I can't come pick you up tonight. Oh, you're done. You're done with the relationship. You're, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm upset. I'm, I, you know, I'm out of here. Or someone doesn't support you the way that you feel like they should have supported you. Well, I don't need you anyway. There's, there's some overcompensating that happens because it hurts when someone touches yeah. that spot. And so it, you really have to look at yourself in, in, in how you're maneuvering, how you're acting on a day-to-day -day basis and what it feels like. And more nine times out of 10, you can, you can signal it down to something hurts. Something mm -hmm. doesn't feel good. And then if it doesn't hurt you, are you hurting someone else? There's an age old thing that says hurt people, hurt people. Yes, And a lot of times when you've reached the point where you're done hurting, that's when you start hurting other people. Right, 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 right. I, I wanna, um, because I, I can remember with me, since again, we're gonna have it. I remember with me, a lot of the, statements that I would make would be, um, I'm a distance myself because they only using me. I'm a, I'm a distant myself because they really don't care about me. Um, you know, I would put myself in those positions. And I think it's the same context of dealing with this mindset of abandonment. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we don't really, sometimes we can, we don't really know what that picture looks like for some things, because again, on the outside looking in for people that do know me, they wouldn't think, oh, he's having, he's dealing with abandonment issues right. because I have, I have, a, I have a wonderful wife. I have a wonderful, you know, relationship with my sons, you know, wonderful relationship with some, with my friends and my mom and different things like that. So you would think on the outside looking in, no, you don't have a, that's not a scenario or a situation or a struggle that you're having. Um, and then even for my own self, that wasn't something that I thought that I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just, you know, it was too much to handle, uh, you know, life in and of itself. But but it's that same cycle that um, that I'm trying to make sure that other people just again, we're just using this one category, but I'm trying to use this this cycle to be able this conversation to break this cycle of, of thought, because even though your picture might not look like somebody else's mm -hmm. does not mean that this is not something you might be struggling with. Exactly. There's levels um, to I'm, this. There's levels to this. And at the, at the end so of the day, if we break it down, none of us who are not doctors think that we know everything about the body. Right. But many of us who are not mental health professionals who have not gone to school for years to understand the mind and how it works and patterns of behavior and trauma and development. And there's, I mean, this, this, this conversation is so much bigger than what we can fit into this time frame. but even from a physiological and scientific standpoint, when certain things happen to you, when certain traumas, physical traumas, sexual traumas, emotional traumas, abandonment. And, and when you think about abandonment, this comes all the way down to your attachment as an infant. If you are not properly cared for and loved for as an infant, there will be evidence far down the line. Right. 
There have been people and studies and scientists who have gone through and tried to understand how these behaviors manifest themselves. If Mm. that is not you, you need help. You need assistance. You need a doctor. You may not need a doctor every week, but you definitely need to check in with one to find out where you are. Even physically, we go get checkups. We may not have to see that doctor again for another three or four years, but what we do is we go check in and see. And so I think the first step to understanding is understanding what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Even myself, someone who has studied for a long, a long time, they're, they're the, I have no idea. I have a therapist right. and constantly I'm like, dang, I did not think about that. And so I think first it's humility. The secret place is humility, understanding that you don't know everything, you don't know it all. There are things about yourself that you need help seeing um, is, is, is the first step. So that's why I say the first step is to consult the doctor, whether that be spiritually or more practically, which I think those two are not um, mutually exclusive. You, mm-hmm. you do both of those things. I do both of those things. Um, the next step, just so I can keep moving, is those the doctor, you're going to go through a treatment plan. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a plan to treat the issue. And so even for those of us who may say, like, it's not a good time right now, you need to have a plan to yeah. treat what's going on in you. If, if you are consistently sad, if you are consistently underperforming, if you are consistently just everybody makes you mad, if you whatever the issue may be, there needs to be a plan. And in that plan, I I put them into two categories. There are intentional changes Mm -hmm. that you make, intentional changes that you make that can be environmental changes. A lot of times that's the issue, the environment that you're in, the people that you're around, what you're consuming through your eye gate and your ear gate, what you are putting yourself in the environment of. So you have people who, um, who struggle with, uh, with promiscuity and fornication and feeling unloved because they're always trying to make up for a love they didn't get when they were younger. And mm. then you look at their environment and it is facilitating that. Everybody's doing it. Right. I feel comfortable here because everyone's just as broken as I am. And so mm. you have to look at those things. Who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you feeding yourself? All of those things. Uh, the next thing, the drugs and alcohol can be a huge intentional change that you need to make. If you need to go through rehab, if you need to seek help in that way, um, negative thought patterns. That's why I love therapy, because therapy <laughs> will help you identify negative thought patterns. Right, and right. a lot of us have such negative thought patterns, especially with abandonment, because mm-hmm you set yourself up to be alone and trying so hard not to be abandoned. You push people away in trying to pull people to you. That's hilarious. And that's a negative thought pattern, self-degrading thoughts. Mm. Females, males, we're all guilty. How we're not good enough. I could tell somebody, I could, anybody who's watching, I could say, tell me things you don't like about yourself. They could rattle them off. But if I say, tell me five things that you love about yourself, they would struggle. That's most people. That's a thought pattern from straight from the pit, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And so how are you supposed to maneuver and find happiness and joy in the thing that's playing over in your head is constantly your insufficiencies. And so that's kind of what I mean when I say intentional changes. Mm-hmm. Now, the other side of that is purposeful additions. 
What are you adding to your life to address your mental health? One of the things that is so effective, but so simple is meditation. And black people in the world, when they hear meditation, they think witchcraft. I don't know how those two came together. But they think they think witchcraft, and that's not what meditation is. The word even says meditate on the word day and night. Yeah, meditating yeah. is an intention is where you're intentionally placing your thoughts. And for a lot of us who don't can't sleep, mm-hmm. who have insomnia, your mind is racing. It's constantly going. And if you will give yourself a minute to let all of those stray thoughts just have their moment. If it means waking up a little bit earlier, if it means it's five o'clock and you can't sleep, get up. Let's go for a walk. Go outside and inhale and exhale. There are a lot of things that come with meditation. There is progressive muscle relaxation that puts me to sleep every time. There are small changes that you can make in your life. So there's no reason for you to be bound when there's help out there for you. Mm. The next thing, mindfulness. People who, who have embraced the concept of mindfulness, it's just being aware of who you are and where you are and what your body is doing. I'll give you an example really quick. Hiram, I want you to think right now about your elbow. I want you to think about your elbow and what it feels like right now. Is it tight? Can you move it? Is it sore? What do you notice about your elbow? Right now my elbow is throbbing. It's throbbing, okay. Uh, Did you feel it throbbing before I asked you about your elbow? No. No, because you were not mindful yeah, of your elbow. Thinking, you yeah, weren't thinking yeah. about it. Ruben now, Butler, you understand exactly what I'm thinking. I was like, my elbow? Wait a minute, where are we going? That's my elbow, <laughs> Go You were mindful sorry. about your elbow. Now, how right. many other places in your body mm. are you completely not mindful about? Wow. That is what we do mentally. There are places that we just haven't even checked in with. And that's what mindfulness does. It gives you the opportunity to understand, how do I feel right now? Mm. Am I even breathing? I I had a surgery not too long ago. I had my thyroid removed. And when I went to therapy, she, she, she hooked me up to all these machines, she put me under hypnosis. And she was like, you only access 10% of the breath available in your lungs. She said, so you have a lot of chronic things that would be much better if you would just take deeper breaths because your body, your limbs, I have very long limbs, y'all, I'm I'm tall. It's not getting the oxygen that it would be getting if you were just breathing deeper. Mm, 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 But I had already learned how to adjust on the 10% of air. Completely unbeknownst to me, there's all this other access that I had to a healthier life, but I never would have known that had I not consulted my doctor. Wow. So that is what I'm saying to the people today is that you may not know what your elbow feels like until somebody points it out to you. But you could be walking around with a lean and a limp because you're just not aware. Mm -hmm. So that is why mental health and that is how you get free. You get free mentally by addressing it by seeking the help, by planning the treatment, by making intentional changes, by by adding, uh, by with additional uh, purposeful additions, 
there's there's so much that you can do and I cannot address everything and everybody, but that is why I am an advocate for getting help and assistance. Well, as all of you that are on and that are listening can be able to tell, this is one of those conversations that has to continue um, because when it comes to the context of mental health, it's not a short conversation. Uh, it's so much that has to be dealt with. There's so much that has to be shown, um, so much that has to be able to be kind of like the curtains pulled back on. Um, and so I believe that this is going to be a beginning of some more conversations to come. Um, but before we dive off, I do want to be able to say this, Tosh. One, thank yeah, you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, trusting your big bro um, to be able to, to, to jump on and, and put yourself and your name on here. <laughs> and so I want to say thank you for that. Um, but for all those that are listening from the Facebook Live, from all those that will be listening um, from the Focus on Greatness podcast, from the Apple or Spotify, I want to make sure that you leave with something from me. And then I want to make sure that you leave with something from Miss Tasha Sherman herself. The thing that I want you to be able to leave with is something that this wise woman taught me. And um, and this is the, the, the thought that has That's been scary. helpful to me um, is when you think about what hurts, ask yourself why. And go through the journey of asking yourself this question. Some of the times, one of the things for me is I didn't want to write the per paper. I didn't want to put it on a paper. I didn't want to put it down. I didn't want to address it. But what I realized is that the more I ran from it, the harder it became. Um, and so what I want all of you to be able to do is take the time to address the pain but then also ask yourself, why does it really hurt? Why does, why does when someone come in the room, you really feel the way you feel? It's not always because they get on your nerves. Sometimes it reminds you of the hurt. Sometimes it reminds you of the pain. So I want you to take your personal time and ask yourself why. So Ms. Tasha, I'll end off with you. Go wow. I, I, listen, whoever told you that is very smart. Um, yes, you are. <laughs> um, I think that the thing I want to leave with people is to be grace to yourself. A lot of people, we, we spend so much time beating ourselves up for not being okay, for being a little upset, for being a little broken, for being a little hurt. And it's, there's nothing wrong with you. We are human and there is grace for you, but you have to be grace to yourself. And a lot of times that's the thing that stops us from seeking help is that we, we, we won't be kind to ourselves. Yeah. Be kind to yourself on those days where you feel under motivated, <laughs> understand that it's a human thing. It is a human experience to go through illnesses, to mm -hmm. go through depression, to go through all of these different things that come along with mental health, be kind to yourselves, be grace to yourselves, and then go seek the one who is grace and who is kindness and who is love and who is long suffering. We would not need all those things if we weren't as imperfect as we are. So 
Uh, that would be my main thing. Also, if you are in position and you're like, listen, I'm ready. I want to have a consultation. Um, let me just talk a little bit about. Um, yes, let me just talk a little bit about where you can get help. So, statistically speaking, for all of my brothers and sisters in the faith, African Americans prefer at a very high rate. Um, I, I hesitate to say the exact statistic, but it is in the high 90s who say, I am black, I want a black therapist. Hmm. Um, I think that a lot of that is tied to our experiences here in America, it's tied to who we, who we trust intrinsically, um, and yet there is a shortage of mental health professionals out there. So for anybody who's looking for a career path, we need you. But Plug. you can go to psychology today, psychologytoday.com, and you can, you can shop for a therapist. And a therapist is much like finding a significant other. You don't just pop up and choose anybody. You, you, you see how you connect. Most therapists will have a free consultation where you just talk to them. And at the end of therapy, you should feel like I wanna talk to them again. Um, so I wanna put that out there. If you are in the Colleen Central Texas area and you are seeking mental health services and you have a child in your home that is under the age of 17, um, you can come to Starry Counseling. Um, I, Hiram has all of these links. He's gonna put them up there. Um, you can go to Starry Counseling. That will help you um, in terms of parenting. And listen, all of this is very true for our kids. All of this that we discuss is happening in our children. And so getting them access to mental health services is also something that I am a huge advocate for. I, I counsel children now, I, I do teens. Um, I am facilitating a group on Tuesdays and Thursdays for youth girls ages 13 to 17 who are um, dealing with stress and anxiety um, with school like it is right now there's a lot of stress and anxiety a lot of overwhelming depressive feelings and so i'm facilitating those groups if you want more information please inbox me and message me um, there's a couple other links that i've listed that you all have access to um, everything is telehealth you don't have to leave the comfort of your home um, so if ever there was a time for you to get the help that you need now is it Thank you, ma'am. And I'm glad you did say that as well. Now, what I am going to also do um, for those that are on and those that are interested in being able to get this help or know someone that need it, um, it will be posted on my Facebook page um, at H Roche Media, and that's H R O C H E Media. You can be able to go on there, and I will have it um, on that page so that you can be able to go on, get the information that you need, as well as get the help that you be able that you need. Again, I want to say thank you, Tasha, for coming on and being a part of this. I promise everyone on here, I promise you, <laughs> um, that I will have her back on again, and we will continue these conversations because, again, we all need these conversations. I want to say thank you for all of you that came on and was a part of the Focus on Greatness podcast conversation on today. I want to say thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I pray that whatever word that you have heard, the thing that touched you, I pray that it inspired you to be able to make some form of change, to push you closer to your dream, to push you closer to that business idea that you had and you have. I want you to find that greatness within you. Can you do me a favor and continue on this journey with me? 
every first and third Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on the Focus on Greatness podcast. Follow me on all of my social media platforms so that us together can be able to develop and be the greatest person that God ordained us to be.